every night I was getting a takeaway. And it wasn't just, you know, a normal meal. Like my McDonald's order was like £36. Losing weight isn't easy. And some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and today I've got a really, really fun and slightly different story to normal to be honest with you. I'm joined here by Brian O'Keefe and he's from Cork in Ireland. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, great Carl. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Now, I alluded a little bit to the fact that your story was a bit different in terms of your success story of losing weight. I actually found you specifically on a video that popped up on my feed on Facebook, I think it was recently on Lad Bible. And it was a story of Irish guy leaves all his family, disappears for seven months, loses a load of weight and comes back and surprises them. That was, that was, you know, the, the main, um, content yeah. of it. So I think that'd be an amazing place to start, Brian. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about your journey leading up to that moment where you decided to desert your family and go and lose weight. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I, I was kind of, um, overweight as a child, you know, uh, started putting on weight as uh, like eight, nine, 10 year old. And then I was shipped off to boarding school because my parents don't love me. And no, I'm joking. <laughs> because <laughs> maybe they don't. No, <laughs> yeah, no, they mightn't. Uh, but no, I shipped off to boarding school, played a lot of sport, um, and lost it all, you know, just doing a lot of training, even like built a bit of muscle, became an, an okay rugby player. Uh, but then got to university, had the freedom of, you know, not being in boarding school anymore and just kind of went wild. I was, you know, um, you know, into smoking weed. I was playing, I wasn't going to college. I was video games and takeaways pretty much every night. And that was my life for, for like the whole of college. And I just went from like a normal kind of semi-athletic, you know, late teenager to, you know, quite obese, uh, at least, you know, four or five stones. So like 30, over 30 kilos overweight. And I kind of tried everything at that stage, you know, uh, like it was really starting to affect me mentally. I at different times I had like there's a famous TV show in Ireland, it's kind of Ireland's version of The Biggest Loser, uh, and it's called Operation Transformation. Okay. And I had the what the weight loss coach from the like the doctor from this show as like my my advisor on trying to lose weight that who I'd see every week. I had the PT from this show at a different time to try and help me lose weight. Uh, I had like I joined CrossFit gyms. Uh, I tried weight management clinics. That weren't this this woman from the show i like and then i moved to london and when i was there i got like a gastric balloon inserted into my stomach to try and like lose it and like nothing nothing worked like if anything worked it was like one step forward you know two or three steps back before we go on any further there brian let me just stop a second just to understand a bit more because i understand that your life into uni and you know college smoking weed doing other things that quite to be quite honest a lot of us do when we're at college and just Mm. having that kind of freedom and almost abusing that to the extent that it you know has a detrimental effect on your body but why do you think having such a high level of coaching and 
you know, resources available to you that it wasn't successful for you specifically? I, I suppose there's a few different reasons. Um, firstly, you know, I wasn't changing any behaviors. I was, I was only trying to do it for the length of time it took to lose the weight. I had no interest in, in actually, you know, having a healthy life whatsoever yeah. you know i still wanted to smoke weed i still want to play video games sit in my couch um and that was probably the the main reason you know i had every kind of every luxury anyone would have in the ability in like the attempt to lose weight but like no one can do it for you that's true you have to do it for yourself and uh and i wasn't really um i wasn't able or willing to do it fair enough so you moved to london you went to the extreme of having a, a gastric balloon fitted as well, um, which is no no task to be taken lightly and something that, you know, I would say is, is one of the more extreme things. And tell me about that experience and how that went for you. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, so got, got, it, got it put in and was taking all the tablets to stop the acid reflux and everything for the first kind of week. And uh just almost immediately, I just started, I kept on eating takeaways and my stomach just expanded to have the balloon and all the food I was piling in on top of it, which was incredibly painful for the first week or so. But after that, it was fine. Like my stomach just accepted the normal amount of food I used to eat, which is probably like 5,000 calories a day and um, the balloon. Uh, and so the balloon was the one thing that I never even took a step forward on. It was almost immediately, I didn't lose any weight. Um, and then uh, getting it out was actually horrific because uh, I had moved back to Ireland by the time I needed to get it out. Uh, it was during lockdown and uh, the company I was only based in the UK. So I had to drive from the south of Ireland to the north of Ireland to get it removed in Belfast. But I had no one with me and you're supposed to take an anesthetic uh, to, in order to, what do you do to get it installed and you do to get it removed. And um, I tried to lie to the doctors like, oh yeah, I have a person picking me up and they were having on good night they're like no you have to meet them and so he said to me if you want to get it removed today you should do it with no anesthetic and uh yeah that was wow. rough yeah that that was that was really rough like just just gagging like for 15 minutes just feeling and like you're choking and take it because yeah, i'm not too familiar with this just, so so first of all for anyone who's not listening as well and myself included i'm guessing a gastric balloon is where they they put something inside your stomach that occupies space hence the name of balloon. Yeah, they don't exactly. remove part of your stomach. They don't clip anything, but they put something in, inside your stomach to occupy space to therefore give you less room for food, supposedly, yeah, in theory, to, to it, eat. Pretty, pretty much exactly. They put a big tube down your, your throat. They've got a balloon inside it, and they fill it up with this blue liquid so that if it bursts during the journey, that it's like a safe blue liquid, and you urinate it out and know that, it, that the balloon has burst. Um, and then, again, to take it out, it's the same thing. They show it big tube down your throat and, and pull it back out so that it's it like as far as surgery goes it's not very invasive and in, other than that you know you're not getting caught up or you're like it's it's just uh but without an it's not pleasant it's, no of course not of course not and if anyone's <laughs> yeah. had to have any kind of treatment yeah. where tubes had to be put down your throat it's 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 not comfortable at all so you yeah. you had to do that without an anesthetic and then you had it taken out and yeah about about six months before i moved to new york okay so this is where the story i pretty much met you as part of your journey then you made a decision to move to Mallorca tell me about that and what prompted you to do that because if I'm honest with you Brian it sounds so far that you you were willing to try anything in terms of losing weight but were kind of lacking the commitment or 
willing to actually put the work in like you said it, you have to do it yourself so you're kind of yeah. missing that aspect of it so where how did you arrive to the idea that you were going to move to Mallorca and lose weight that way so my brother is a doctor who had surgeries in Mallorca um, that only operated the tourist season and so he he was super concerned obviously as a doctor about my weight and he's like look the surgeries are going to be closed from the end of September you know until next April it's you know it's going to be nice weather it's going to be a super place for you to get out there i was already working remotely and uh i was like okay well there's no reason i can't do that and i live in the back of one of the surgeries with his kitchen and all that stuff that i need and i was like okay let's do it so uh you know drove from with my dog from Ireland to 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 Mallorca and uh tried to get cracking um and I did. I got I got off to actually a great start there uh, initially. Like as soon as I got there, I was like tracking all my food on my fitness pal. Uh, I was going to the gym. I think pretty much every day. I think after about two months, I started like couch to five k. That that was that only lasted about two weeks. Uh, you know, my my I was getting like tight ankles and stuff. But re- what really happened in the end, after about yeah two or three months, I think I was probably down maybe fifteen kilos. And uh, lockdown happened again. My gym shut. And I just use that as another excuse to go like, ah, oh, you know, I'm done. Um, and so for the next year, I stayed in Mallorca working remotely. Um, but uh, I, I just, you know, just piled on the weight, um, you know, drinking, you know, eating takeaways. There's all the things that I've always, that have always put on weight for me. And also during lockdown as well, that additional reason not to go out, not to do anything. And really the perfect excuse to tell yourself, okay, I'm not going to yeah. do that because I, I, I can't you know there's always ways around it but you know it's very easy to say during that time I can't do anything about it so this is what I'm going to allow to happen so it didn't work out too well for you but you did stay in Mallorca and Mm. did you get to the heaviest you'd ever been or was it pretty close during that time how how yeah pretty much the joint heaviest I I ever was I I got up to 150 like I, I stopped weighing myself but uh the First time I weighed myself after just after I started my journey, like in the first few days, um, I was 154 kilos, and the highest I'd ever seen was 155. Okay, so, wow. Yeah, okay, that. and and how were you feeling mentally during that time? How were you getting on with your mental health and your mindset during that time of being as heavy as you were? I mean, ninety to 95 percent of the time I was great like happy about life you know happy about my my job or what I was doing or just content with you know how life was um but the other five percent of the time it was awful like particularly like going to bed at night you know and I'd be like in bed I wouldn't be able to sleep I'd be thinking you know what like what am I going to do tomorrow I have to change this you know I just have to and I put this big plan in place and eventually I fall asleep and then the morning I wake up and do absolutely nothing about it and so that that kind of cycle of the night time and then waking up and doing nothing about it was probably what affected me most mentally. Those moments on your own where you really you're kind of forced to think a bit aren't you and you're kind of alone with your thoughts mm-hmm. and if you can't sleep or yeah. if you're thinking about things it, it becomes difficult and but like you say, having that cycle of waking up and thinking, okay, well, maybe tomorrow kind of attitude and maybe you know, I will get around to it. It kind of, you end up accepting it almost as it's that's enough. And I, I've been there myself and I know what it's like to want to do something, but not really want it enough or be willing to put the work in to that extent. People say, oh, I don't know, do I want it enough? And I wanted it more than anything in the world. Like every day I wanted it. You know, I thought about it more than anything else. 
But what I realized is it's not enough to just want it. Like it really isn't. What matters is what you're willing to sacrifice to achieve it. Um, and I wasn't like my whole life, I wanted it more than anything, but I wasn't willing to sacrifice, you know, eating takeaways or I wasn't willing to sacrifice, you know, sitting on the couch watching Netflix for hours. You know, I just wasn't willing to do that. And also for some people, it comes down to the fact that not having the alternative coping mechanisms to deal with boredom, to deal with downtime, to mm-hmm. deal with emotions. It's not having those tools readily available so that you can actually shift and divert all the things you've been doing and all the habits that you have into a different way of, of managing your day-to-day life, which is difficult for people because yeah. if you don't discover something and if you don't change something, nothing changes. So exactly, did you then, after lockdown finished, did you stay in Mallorca? Did you go back to Ireland? What was your next move? I stayed in Mallorca. I'd handed in my notice at my job um, and uh, I had built up some savings uh, that I had. And so I stayed in Mallorca for another like six months and I didn't know what I was going to do next. Um, but I had like time, I was happy to take some time off. And uh, yeah, around uh, I, October of 2021, right? Yeah, two years ago. Uh, I just started thinking more and more about it. And I was like, okay, look, you know, you're 33, I think it was at the time. And it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of now and ever, you know, uh, you've tried for so, so long and, you know, it's never, never been successful. And uh, I, I knew I had to move out of my, like uh, my lease was ending at where I was in Mallorca. And I was like, okay. Um, and I started just thinking more and more about what I could do, like where was I going to stay in Mallorca? Was I going to move? And uh, I listened to, this podcast, um, and there's a Hollywood actor called Ethan Suffley, Suffley, and he, he'd lost like three or 400 pounds. Um, uh, he's in like the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he's, he's in Remember the Titans. He's like a mm-hmm. fat offensive lineman from Remember the Titans. And I listened to a podcast, I can't even remember what he was on, and I can't even remember anything he said apart from one thing, um, which was, uh, why, why don't we analyze our, our failures? Like, like all of us who need to lose weight, we've had like a month or two months where we've done everything right for two months. And the, and then all of a sudden, like it just unravels and you go back and, you know, you put it back on the weight and it just hit it, like really hit me like lightning bolt. And I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what it is. It's like going out drinking with my friends. It's eating out with my family because uh, I'm a brother in New York, but I also like every time we see a family, it's a big meal out and like I can't control myself when I see a menu. And uh, then uh, the, the main one was takeaways. Like every night I was getting a takeaway mm-hmm. and it wasn't just, you know, a normal meal. Like my McDonald's order was like, when I lived in London, it was like 36 pounds. Like you can clean out a McDonald's for 36 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's really like 5,000 calories. It was like four double cheeseburgers, two cheese melts, a chicken select large meal. There's something else in there as well. But yeah, like it was it was crazy amount of food, like crazy. And is that just something that had increased over the years? Because I, I, I have it myself, like at some point when I was, I mean, I worked at Domino's Pizza for four years full time and you used to get free pizza or everything. But every time I used to order a pizza, I used to get a medium. And then at some point, I don't know when it was, but I went from getting a medium to getting a large and I'd still do the whole thing. Uh, then it just became my thing but if I ordered a pizza for myself I had to order a large pizza because a medium wasn't enough anymore and and, and it was believe me but it's just kind of gradually you increase it and then it'd be like a large pizza but you get chicken strippers with it and the garlic bread as well for the next couple of quid so why not get that and I'd force myself to eat all of it and it was just like a gradual thing where you end up gaining weight and you do it and you tell yourself oh well I've bought it so I might as well eat it 
but it's not really hunger, is it? It's just a, a crazy thing that we tell ourselves and kind of spiraling a little by little out of control. But anyway, I want to hear more about your the story that led to your success. So you were, I'm going to know, you didn't know what to do next. You heard this podcast with Ethan and, and it really hit you. You said like a thunderbolt, you know, it, it really struck you analyzing your failures and you could you could identify exactly what your failures were so what did you choose to do with that as a next step so so i decided okay how how they are my three failures you know how do i create an environment where those cannot get in the way and i knew if i did that i'd be successful and so i was like okay if i move out into the wilderness in majorca there's going to be no access to takeaways and then uh if I <laughs> cut off all communication with my friends and my family, um, and like I'm, I'm, my friends are almost family, we we talk, like we went to boarding school together. We talk, you know, WhatsApp groups. Even if they're in Ireland drinking, I would grab beers in Mallorca and get on Zoom calls with them at like midnight on a Friday and just drink until like three in the morning with them. But you realized that that was one of the the weaknesses for you. Yeah, hundred percent. So and I I said, you know, if I if I just disappear and, and focus on, on this, um, you know, I'd like, it, like, I think I'll be successful. I was, I was pretty confident. Um, you know, they are my, my failures and like, it's not my friend's fault or my, my family's fault that like, I was always the instigator. I'd be like, okay, we're drinking. What time are we on the Zoom call tonight? Like it was me. And so, uh, I was like, okay, well, yeah. So I muted every group. I stayed in them, but I muted every group. I called my family. I thought about it for a while. I bounced the idea off a couple of close friends and family. It's like, look, I'm not going to talk to you for a few months. I'm not going to talk to anybody for a few months. And, uh, just after Christmas of 2021, um, I met my, my brother for on Christmas day in Mallorca. I told him, and then I called my, my family and was like, look, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you for a few months. Muted all my WhatsApp groups, came off Instagram. And uh, at that stage, I'd all, I was actually already three weeks into my journey um, because I'd started at the, the start of December. Um, but uh, I, I'm not, like, I still hadn't been talking to them much, but it was then I was like, once I knew, I was like, okay, I've got something here. It's working. I was three weeks in and it's working. I was like, nothing gets in the way. And I was, I'd, I'd started doing some freelancing work, uh, like not much, but I, I, I quit, I quit that at the end, by the mm-hmm. end of January. So nothing was getting in the way of this. Um, and, and probably one other key thing I should, I should say is around the start of December, just before I, I got going, I read David Goggins's book, Can't Hurt Me. Okay. And I had always tried to make weight loss as seamless as possible, as comfortable as possible in my life. It's like, look, okay, let's just try it. Let's just make push myself to be as uncomfortable as possible to build this mental toughness and mental resilience that he talks about. Um, and let's see see if it works. And uh, yeah, he's right. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, so many questions and I know we don't have all night to talk about it, but how did your family react first of all to you not telling do you saying to them i'm not going to speak to you i mean did you check in during the six seven months did you have some kind of ground rules or were you just like right i'm gonna completely disconnect myself from everything so i i, I completely disconnected some of them had a couple of questions there most people were very supportive to my face mm-hmm. they told me subsequently that they thought i'd lost my mind um after after i finished and surprised them, they'd like they thought you know i gone crazy but um yeah, they, they, they were they were pretty supportive to my face. And then I caught contact and I told them it's going to be two or three months. Um, and then I think I only got one message. It was from my little sister. Uh, and uh, she, after about two or three months, she was like, uh, just tell me, are you happy? 
Um, and th- that was a super interesting question because I, I, and just to her, I said, yeah, I'm happy. And that was the only, like, I didn't say anything else. Yes. I think I just said yes. And, and, uh, sent that back. But dad actually caught, caught me and I actually thought about this question for like a week or two. I was like, cause how can you be happy when you're exercising like five hours a day? You're killing yourself, your body's in bits and you're in a calorie deficit. Like now I was eating foods I loved, but you know, I was still in a calorie deficit and you're obviously thinking about food all the time um but how can you be unhappy when you're achieving the only goal that you've cared about for 20 years and so that that really stuck with me and after a while i I was like trying to figure out what i was and and what i was is i was fulfilled like it was the most fulfilling period of my life you know achieving this goal and working so hard for it before you go on with that but i just want to stop to pause there for for a second because i was gonna say to you that this sounds like much much more than just a, a weight loss journey this for you it sounded like you were finding yourself it sounded like it was a a real journey of self-discovery in terms of what you wanted and for you to then say you felt fulfilled maybe in the first time in your life i mean it's let's let's be honest it's quite a i'll say a luxury to be able to spend those months on your own and you know for many people who listen have family commitments job commitments financial commitments that wouldn't allow them to do it but the fact that you had the opportunity and instead of doing nothing with it you actually took it i I think is commendable because you know you realized and you saw a way to do that and i don't think many of us really challenge ourselves mentally or physically during our lives to that extent so the fact you were willing to isolate yourself, the fact you were willing to really push yourself physically and mentally as well, because let's, let's not mix our you know, words, isolating yourself for a number of months. We've all seen Castaway. It's, it's difficult, you know. Um, and there must have been moments where you felt low, but overall it sounds as though you were fulfilled, you were happy, you were doing something for you. And I think that's incredible. So how long did that journey go on for? Oh, the, the, the entire weight loss period took about seven and a half months. Uh, and yeah, and three months in, I messaged all my friends and family, just broadcast message. It's going to be the end of July. So I, I kind of, I thought up the idea pretty, pretty early that I want to surprise everyone. Like, cause I knew after about two months, I knew I was going to do it. Like I was a hundred percent sure that it's just a matter of time and this way it's going to be gone, that there's nothing that's going to get in the way. And, uh, so I started planning. I was like, yeah, I think I can shock them all here. And, uh, so I started playing when, when we're going to do it. And I was doing the maths on like, based on my rate of weight loss at the moment, when can I do it? So that's why I told him the end of July. And, uh, yeah, then I started around the middle of May, like planning. Um, I contacted like my, my best friend's, uh, wife and was like, uh, then I was like, she didn't know I'd lost any weight, I, I, but I like, I'd already planned myself that two weeks, maybe a month before I came home, I contact my best friend's wife, my brother's wife, and tell them, look, I'm surprising all these people, um, but you can't tell anyone I'm coming, but I didn't tell even them that I was losing, the, that I'd lost any oh, weight. Wow. I was like, look, I'm coming back, I want to surprise people. So nobody knew that I'd lost any weight. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, the, so to answer the question, it was, it was seven and a half months. Okay. And the thing with this, and this is, I mean, what struck me and why I wanted to reach out to you a second I saw this video, because the video is done in such a cool way. You know, obviously it talks about the fact you're going on a journey and it shows the reactions of people when you arrive back to see them for the first time and their reactions of seeing you at the lowest weight that you'd been in years. And how much weight did you actually lose, Brian? Uh, 10 stone. So 63 kilos. Wow. In seven months is incredible. And not only that, you must have been the fittest 
you'd have been since school and since you were doing sports? Oh, even even fitter because uh, like because I built it up really slowly and on, like day one I just started walking for ninety minutes and I did that for two weeks and I think the second week that I started implementing my calorie deficit and then a week after that I started you know push pull legs weights program six days a week and then but just everything was adding on and then a week after that I started couch five k app and stretching 45 minutes a night because the last time I tried it, like my, my muscles just couldn't handle it, mm-hmm. but I was still doing this at like, you know, 150 kilos, which was, was like the first, the first fish 5k was you know, like probably the hardest one it was, you know, cause I couldn't run a hundred meters, but I was, my only thing was I'm going to keep the, my legs running as if I'm going to, you know, move as if I'm running, even if I'm probably going slower than a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, but yeah, a week after that, I started swimming three days a week. And then that was, that was my kind of exercise routine, walk for 90 minutes a day, wait, wait six days a week, uh, cardio six days a week, stretch 45 minutes every night. And then every day it was just like, I was just trying to progressive overload everything. So adding a weight at every rep or every exercise, I was trying to add a rep or, you know, once I hit my certain number of reps, I was trying to add weight. And I was just trying to do one more length in the pool or just like, as soon as I did, like the, finishing my first 5k was probably, probably one of the most, it was almost an outer body experience. Cause I was still, I was still 22 stone, I think. Okay. And ran a 5k and like, I, I got back to my car and like one thing I did do during the journey is I, I took a, a kind of a daily video um, of myself in my car kind of telling myself, okay, this, like, like it was basically, you mentioned Castaway, like my phone was my Wilson. That was your Wilson, right? <laughs> and, uh, <so laughs> yeah, yeah. And I talked to it like moaning for the most part, like it's actually some of the most boring shit you'd ever see. But I'd spend five minutes either complaining or this one I'm doing or this one I'm eating or this one I'm struggling with or whatever it was. And I have one every day for the seven and a half months. And so when I got back to the car after the 5k I record and like, I still love my reaction now. I'm just, I just can't believe it. I just cannot believe Amazing. that I've run a 5k. Yeah, like uh, like I'm in shock, and even in the video, I'm just like looking away. I can't even like I'm not even I'm like just in absolute just awe that this has happened. Exactly seven months after I started, I ran a, a half marathon. Wow! Uh, at fifteen stone, yeah, I was twenty four stone, uh, twenty four stone something when I started, and um, on the day I hit fifteen stone. Uh, Two weeks before I surprised my family, I ran a half marathon. Just the fact that you were so determined and so consistent with it, I just think it's absolutely amazing. It, it mm. reminds me of the, like the second half of Rocky, where he decides he's going to fight. He gets into it and he starts training and training and pushing himself. Yeah. And I can just imagine you there, maybe without Mickey because you're on your own, but you were there training yeah. for this thing. And so, having seen the video of the reaction, I mean, your family, your friends, the ones that I saw, it was over- overwhelmingly positive and just a lovely moment yeah. for them to see you. And you must have felt very proud in that moment as well, Brian. Yeah, it, it, was. it was. It was super special. I mean, my mum's reaction will always be the most special. Uh, like she, she, we butted heads for years over my weight. And like she was the one driving me to, you know, can you get a grassroots balloon, like all these things. And so I knew she wanted it as much as I did. And so her reaction will, will always be the most special. I'm sure as your mum, she wanted the best view, and she 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 was probably suffering to see her son in that oh yeah physical condition. A hundred percent. So yeah. and all, all my family were really. Yeah, I can imagine for all of them. Because I have I have four sisters and three brothers, like I'm a massive. Oh, family. you're a big family. So they'd be like, yeah, they'd be doing like almost like group calls for like how do we motivate Brian to get him to lose the weight? Like an intervention. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly, okay. exactly. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the end, I think, you know, doing it for yourself is the most important thing. And it's one of the ways to obviously feel the most benefits and not only that to make it sustainable. But having spoken to you before the show, I know that since you completed that journey um, over the last few months, you've regained some of that weight. And tell me about that, if you could, please, Brian. Yeah, so I had a, a kind of a, a thing in my head. I'd read a bit of research that said if you keep the weight off, people who keep the weight off for, I think it was at least a year, um, generally tend to keep it off forever. And so then that became my goal. I was like, okay, well, I need to keep it off for a year. And I did put on like five or six kilos just as soon as I kind of, you know, finished, which, you know, I kind of expected, you know, going back to normal life, of course. producing the main exercise. Um, so I was, I was fine with that five or six kilos, but then, uh, I left New York in at the end of May, moved to Marbella, moved in with my girlfriend. I had friends visiting, family visiting because my, my parents, uh, most, most of the time live here and, uh, they, in the summer, they leave and my siblings come and take their, their house for the summer. So I was, and I lived like 10 minutes away. So I was like meeting them, going for dinner, drinks, you know, all, all that thing. Then my friends, like a couple of nights drinking, uh, like obviously, you know, moving in with your girlfriend, you're going to go out for dinner and all this thing. And I just kind of let it snowball and I planned to run a marathon. Um, at the start of September, as soon as I moved from Mallorca, it just, I, I always explain habits like, like, uh, they're like a, a jumper with a loose thread. And if you just keep on pulling, like, and pull and pull all of a sudden, everything just unravels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, what, what happened was like, oh, so, so in May, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I can't do legs. I haven't done them in a month. And now I'm running, so it would affect my running for the marathon. And so I didn't want to get the doms again because, you know, I was trying to, you know, build up the running, and which is actually, like, not a very smart thing to do. But I, I gave that excuse to myself. And that's when it started to unravel. And then I got sick and I was down to, like, I didn't exercise at all that week. And then I'd only, like, six weeks or maybe eight weeks left to the marathon. And the longest distance I'd run was, like, 10K. And I was like, how am I going to get up to 42K at, um, in, in, in eight weeks? And uh, then like friends of it, there's always someone here like gone out and just always just, and I just allowed like that thread to keep on pulling, losing more and more habits. You know, Jim got down to like once or twice a week. And then by August, like I wasn't going at all. And I was only three times a week. And then because I was still, I'd put on weight, my I was affecting my running, got an ugly knee injury, mm-hmm. couldn't run. So then I had to downgrade to a half marathon at the start of September. I ran another one a week later. And then I had uh, a wedding just last weekend. And I just allowed myself, okay, well, if I get through the half marathons and I'll just like eat whatever I want. Like, you know, I'm traveling. I was away every weekend in September and uh, and at the end of August and I just allowed it to, to go crazy. And then all like that, those all like the three things that I said were my failures that the uh, reason I moved out to the wilderness in New York, I just allowed all of them back in and not like, and I pushed it myself. Like I was the one driving, like, hey, do you want to go out for dinner? Or, just like before. Yeah, you're here, you're here. You're me. Yeah, just like before. And I just allowed it. And so now, uh, I probably added in the last three months, I put on about 20, 15 to 20 kilos, okay. which is a lot to put on in three months. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened. I didn't mention this earlier, but we actually first rec- started recording this episode before the summer really kicked off. And I had technical mm. issues. I was going to say we did, but it was not you at all, Brian. It was all my fault. <laughs> had technical issues, couldn't record the episode. And we said, okay, I was going to the UK traveling. You had things going on as well let's speak at the end of summer and record the episode again. And when I reached out to you, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, when I reached out to you the other day and you, you said, happy to do it, but I want to let you know, yeah. 
since we last spoke, this has happened. As I said to you then, and I, and I say now for everyone who's listening, I think this just shows what a challenge it is. First of all, weight loss, maintaining it, changing habits, but just the fact that we're all human and no matter what you can achieve, as amazing as that is, you can't just forget about it or just go back or allow yourself to believe that everything will be fine forever without you being conscious of it or working towards it because it's so important. And and I don't necessarily, I don't see it as a failure. I, I see it as part of life. And you now have that opportunity to decide what you want to do next. And I've got a feeling you've got a plan. I think you're a man with a plan, Brian. I want to hear about this. <laughs> I, I do have a plan, you know, and like while it was very unintentional that, you know, I put on as, as 15 to 20, I would have accepted 10. It, it kind of gives me an opportunity now. Like I disappeared to lose the weight and now and like had to tell everyone about it. And now I can show people. And so I'm starting a, a video series, it's going to be like a daily 90 second uh, Instagram reel, uh, TikTok, YouTube short videos of the quest to lose 25 kilos in 100 days. Oh, wow. And I had no idea about this. This is amazing. I was, I was about to make a comment and say, is this just because you're not allowed to leave now because you've got a girlfriend? <laughs> but... <laughs> no, probably actually, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. this is amazing. So I, I for one, am 100% on board with following this. If it's starting soon, yeah. we've got to get through Christmas as well during mm. this 100 days, I believe. Or did it take it up until Christmas? It takes me just past Christmas. Okay. It takes me to just, the, I think, the first or second week of January. It depends when I start. I'm trying to get okay. the filmography the the story everything prepared because it's all going to be about preparation so i, I video correctly so people can see it so uh I, so the only thing i've done so far to get ready for this and so i refused to do my calorie deficit until i'm on day one so in fact like i had a takeaway last night so okay. i'm not i'm not, not cheating the system I'm, I'm getting ready but the only thing i did is I've, I've, i'm getting my gym habit back mm-hmm. so i've been to the gym every day this week and that's all I haven't run and that's the only thing I've done. So as soon as, so everyone will get the full, this is that's it amazing. from, from day one to, to, to hopefully like 25 kilos in a hundred days is, is, is lofty. That's a lofty ambition. It is. But you know, the thing that I think is amazing with this is that I was going to say to you that how interesting it would be to watch your five minutes at the end of each day in the car throughout your journey before that you recorded and this is exactly what yeah. you're going to do now. You're going to, you're going to hold yourself accountable. You're going to do it live. And, and something else I remember, I think from our previous conversation you'd mentioned was that this has kind of led you into a fitness kind of headspace and, and wanting to pursue fitness in, in your full-time work as well. So yeah, is that still the plan for you? Is that still what you're doing and, and plan to do in the future? Yeah. So I, I currently have quite, you know, a nice kind of stable of, of clients that I help, I help to lose weight that I coach one-on-one. Um, since last December, I've been developing an app. It's in beta at the moment, testing it. And so I'm going to use this during the journey and make sure like it works for me. And then hopefully it'll be ready during the journey and I will be you know, trying to help people uh, lose weight through through the the app at a much lower cost because that's the problem with one to one coaching is only certain people can afford it, um, and so with this everyone will be able to afford it, uh, and so hopefully be able to help a lot more people. Exactly that I was going to say you're limited by the amount of people that you can help when it's one to one coaching. So, and and the format of that kind of coaching, Brian, is it focused on all aspects of weight loss? Is it mindset? Is it diet? Or do you focus on one area specifically? it's everything so mindset uh diet even like yeah exercise but like i explained i kind of take the daily balance approach to exercise whereas i'm not exercising to burn calories 
I'm exercising to build discipline and I do that by just making me a little bit more uncomfortable every day. So effectively just progressively overloading exercise. But even if like the goal is to go to the gym four times a week, okay, this week we're just going to go inside. Like we're literally like some people, I've had a client call me crying outside the gym because she didn't want to go inside. And I was like, fine, go home. We'll come back tomorrow and just build, so build that up slowly. And then now this same client goes five days a week. She just asked me yesterday for a new upper body, upper lower program. She wants to just transition Amazing. from kind of a full body thing. Like it's unbelievable. So, but it, it has to be built up slowly. And so, and that's where the discipline comes from is just pushing yourself to be a little bit more uncomfortable every day, but not so uncomfortable that it's miserable and you want to quit. And so the challenge will be starting soon. And I'm guessing this is open to mm. other people to follow you on socials or are you going to do it privately yeah. or is it going to be as you go people can follow no, I'm gonna, yeah uploading a video every day for 100 days okay um, brilliant. on on the journey and and how uh, hopefully get to the 25 kilos but like i said it's lofty but i want to i want to push myself so again just building up slowly and getting back to what this one mistake people make with with weight loss is they they have something that works and then they see this shiny new thing. Oh, there's, you know, a new gym opening here when they've got these classes are, you know, uh, uh, I've been, I've been meal, I've been using like a meal prep company for the last like two months. Now I'm just going to try and cook everything myself. And then it all unravels and they, they, they get distracted by the shiny thing. So I'm going back to what works for me might not necessarily be what works for everyone, but you got to find what works for you and stick with it. If it's working, don't change and not get distracted by, you know, the shiny new thing. You're absolutely right. And this is just something before we close, I'll say that in, in the mastermind group that I'm part of with other coaches, we call it the sexy carrot. This, this sexy carrot dangling yeah. in front of you. And the thing is, if it was a carrot, it wouldn't be so bad because yeah. carrots aren't, you know, they're not bad for you. But these sexy carrots, you start chasing yeah. something else. And it doesn't mean that it's not an important thing to follow, but it just means in that moment, it's, it's going to take you away from your focus and what you should be looking at doing. And not only that, like you yeah. say, if you've got something that works, you shouldn't change it. And the thing that I liken this to is cleaning your teeth. Like you've been brushing your teeth every day since, you know, you've had them. You've never once decided, I could, I'm going to turn the toothbrush around today and, and brush with the handle. You've never done it because the toothbrush works. It does you a service, stick with it. And I think it's the same for any kind of program you follow or any kind of, you know, fitness regime that serves you well. I think is is really good. 100%. I love that analogy. You've given us so much advice. Thank you today is there anything you'd like to close on or anything you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye today just remember it doesn't matter how much you want it what matters is how much you're willing to sacrifice to achieve it and it does take sacrifice to lose weight especially if you love food um and yeah ho hopefully you can follow along i'm at the o'keefe on uh, instagram and uh yeah you'll see whether i can achieve that 25 kilos in 100 days that's absolutely fine and and, and you know, i'm really really excited for you to achieve that We'll make sure we share a link in the show notes and all on the socials as well if anyone wants to find you. And what's your Instagram handle? Sorry, Brian. At the uh, full stop O'Keefe. At the full stop O'Keefe. Okay, that's perfect. And I think people, I'll also put a link to the video where I first found you on Lad Bible of your original journey. Brian, thank you so much for being our latest weight loss warrior. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. And I wish you all the future success with your onward journey. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. I loved it, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. 
You can also find us on Instagram, where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.